Come on, Transformation Church. What is up this morning? Look, I want to let you know, I, I was one of the people who filmed that, and we're on that bridge, and I was woozy. I, I didn't even got to lie. There was cars passing, flying by so fast. I'm looking over on the other side. There's like a thousand foot drop into some water. I don't swim like that. I got, I was nervous, but... But guys, I'm so excited to be here today. We're in a new series called Valued. It's our core values from valued voices in our community. So first of all, I just want to say thank you to, to Pastor Jamie and Pastor Sandra for giving me an opportunity to communicate to y'all today. Um, I really do believe God has given me a word that's timely, that's for right now, that's for this house, that's for the people that are sitting in these seats right now. And um, I'm excited. I'm excited. Let's, let's jump right into it. Mark chapter 1 verse 35 says this. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Let's pray together, church. Lord God, I thank you for who you are. I thank you for what you've done. I thank you for what your son has done. Thank you for the sacrifice, Lord God, that you, that you paid for all of us. I love you so much. I pray all of these are your words and not mine. This is your agenda, not mine. This is your day, not mine. I love you so much, God. Thank you for everything. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 Do you notice pastors say amen three times in a row? <laughs> I don't know why. It's a comfort thing. Check this out. Hello, my name is Chris Tosado. If you don't know me, I'm the youth pastor here at Transformation Church. Come on. Love y'all. <laughs> Let's go. Uh, the title of today's message is prioritizing his presence. Say prioritizing his presence. Say prioritizing his presence. Come on, y'all. I need that energy. Check this out. Listen, I am terrible. You could ask my wife. I'm terrible at managing a schedule. At keeping a schedule Monday through Sunday, I am terrible at it. Actually, I'm so bad that my wife keeps my schedule for me and the only time I ever want to dabble or touch that schedule is when it's super important to me. And I don't think it's a coincidence that they just went, but I, I have it written down my notes. I want to tell you a story about how important a Disneyland trip is in the Tassado household, okay? First, they went to Disney World, so they had to, they had, everything in Florida is 45 minutes to anything. To the gas station, to Disney, to a ride, to the bathroom, 45 minutes for everything. Disneyland, California, in Orange County, California, is one of the best, one of my favorite places to be, period. End of sentence. It's, wait, we got some Disneyland lovers. Listen. Check this out. Every single time you can ask my wife, it's the, she'll say the same exact thing to you. When we're in Disneyland, California, we wake up early at the Disney Resort. We're talking like six or seven in the morning. We like this resort is beautiful. They have a food court in the lobby. Shout out Subway Panda Express. Shout out food courts in general. But we don't hit the food court. I walk all the way down to Roscoe's Chicken and Waffles, which is the best, the best breakfast place in the United States of America. I know I'm hitting you with a lot of hot takes right now, all right? Y'all like, yo, he, he, he's bagging on Florida. Now he's saying breakfast chicken and waffle. I don't know. Check this out. It is so chicken, so juicy. The waffles are so fluffy. The syrup is so syrupy. I have the largest breakfast of my life. Then me and my wife walk over to the gates of Disney. We go in. First thing we do, we grab a map. 
We ain't using our phone. We got the physical maps. These kids don't know these days. <laughs> I've never opened a newspaper in my life and I'm like, these kids don't know. Okay, we grab a physical map. My wife, who's a master planner, master packer, goes ahead and gets me a pen from the fanny pack and we start starring off every attraction we want to go to. We go ahead, we have it prioritized. We're talking, uh, we go to each land, land by land, start by frontier, frontier land, then we go over to fantasy land, and then I haven't been in a minute. So those are the two lands I remember off top. But we go land by land. Best believe lunch is not, I'm not sitting down for lunch, okay? I'm grabbing something to go and going and standing in line and shoving it in my face before I have to go on Pirates of the Caribbean. Come on, somebody. But, but then we, we're finishing the rides in record time, and with second week, we're done. We leave. We're out of the park. I know y'all think I'm crazy. Check this out. We leave. We're outside the park. We go through, in and out, drive through. I get my order. That's a different sermon. I go ahead. I take it to my hotel. I open the window, uh, the curtain. I go ahead, plop down, get my double-double with cheese out, take a bite at 8 p.m. like clockwork. The fireworks strike, and I see it from my hotel. And that is a perfect day in the life of Chris Tosado. I feel like all of us have, you know, some some priorities that we keep on our schedule that are really important to us. Some of us might prioritize our kids' schedule. Like they got soccer and football and baseball and foosball and basketball and all, all of it. Some of us might be CEOs or business people in here and you, you have somebody drive you so you can respond to emails in the car. You go, you zoom in to and from work. Like you, you just have the schedule already lined out because it's a priority to you. And with that being said, all of us keep good schedules with high priority things on our day to day. But with that being said, how much time have we spent with God this week? How much time in our daily life this week have we spent with God? Do we map it out? Do we keep that schedule? I want to talk to you today about three important areas of our life that we need to prioritize God's presence in. And the first one, you see it on the screen, prioritizing his presence in my daily life. What does that mean? How can we do that? It's pretty simple. Three simple things. You make time for prayer. You make time to worship. You make time to read the Bible. If you ain't got time, you got time. You got to make time. Those are three simple ways that we can prioritize him in our daily life. And I know our schedules are jam-packed. Like we're always trying to have this balancing act of how we do everything. I, I know a lot of us in here, we have work or school we're trying to jam into our schedules. We have family. I, right now, like my parents live in Seymour. My, my in-laws live in Florida and my in-laws also live in Sevierville. So it's like an hour away to see anybody. I'm trying to work on that one right now. Prior to us and family, we, we try to cram friends into the schedule. Go to the game, go to a movie, go, go eat some food, relaxation and rest. Self-care has been one of the biggest things talked about in 2020 and 2021 because of this quarantine, because of this coronavirus. They're all talking about self-care, finding rest and relaxation in your schedule, and all that is good. But in the midst of our busy schedule, we don't always make time for God. I'm, sure I'm here to challenge you today, Transformation Church. I got a scripture right here, Matthew chapter 6, verse 31 through 34. This is Jesus talking. He says, so do not worry saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Check that out. And all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about itself. 
each day has enough trouble of its own. Check that. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Now all these things will be given to you as well. I want to encourage you. You can't add on to what there's no foundation for. If there's no foundation, nothing can be added on to. That might mess with your theology. That might mess with your feelings. That might mess with your heart. But that's why Jesus says, seek first. Put God first. Prioritize God first. Show God that he's first. And then all the other things will be given to you as well. See, some of y'all in your walks with God believe that there is a provision issue with your relationship. When all reality transformation church, I believe there's a priority issue in your relationship with God. You see, God's saying seek first and don't worry about food. Don't worry about water or drink. Don't worry about clothes. He's preaching to me right now. Like food and drink is necessary for energy to go ahead and get your day done. And clothes, don't go outside your house without them. Can I get an amen, somebody? But if God is saying, seek me first and I'll take care of that, then why are we questioning that he can, he, that he can take care of the business? Why are we wondering, is he going to take care of our finances? Why are we wondering if he's going to take care of our family? If he's saying, seek me first and I'll put food on your plate, I'll put water in your cup, and I'll put clothes on your back, then doesn't that mean that we serve a God who provides, who's good enough to do the rest? It's a priority issue. We got to seek him first. I heard a pastor on Instagram say, this can be your best year ever if it's your best year spiritually. Let me say that one more time. I heard a pastor on Instagram say, this can be your best year ever if it's your best year spiritually. And how do we go ahead and get better spiritually? It's called seeking first. We need to have that seek first mentality in 2021. I need y'all to say it with me. I need y'all to say seek first. We got to, Marissa, we got to put that on a shirt. We got to put that on some merch. $9.99 in the lobby. I'm being prophetic right now. It's going to be cheap. It's going to be good quality. It's going to be of the Lord. And it's going to be funded. Okay, check this out. Prioritizing God in our day-to-day lives is so important because that's where we can truly seek him first. But I want to talk to you about the second thing, prioritizing his presence in our love lives. Now, I ain't talking about your girlfriend, boyfriend. I know this happens to be on Valentine's Day. It was just a coincidence. (laughs) I know this is the day to show up and show out. Best believe I went ahead and I gave my wife a beautiful bracelet this morning. It was sad. We can't get the woos because it's sadly like the first present I got for her in like two years. So I've been slacking. I'm getting better though. God's pushing my heart on it. I lost them. I lost them. Check this. I have two passages of scripture that I want to talk to you about. This is not just about your love life with your boyfriend or girlfriend or husband or wife, but we're talking about God calling us to love all people. Check this. The first scripture from John 13, 34 through 35 says this, a new commandment. This is Jesus talking. A new commandment I give you, love one another. That's crazy how he like just drops bombs that are so simple, but yeah, I mean, okay. He's a new commandment I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. 
You'll know that he that you're a disciple of Christ by the way you love one another. Check this second scripture. We're gonna go ahead and we're gonna go ahead and kind of compare both of them. Uh, this one comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 1 through 3. And I want you to go ahead and, and, and do this with me. Every time it says love, I want y'all to say love. Okay? Here we got it. Here we go. First Corinthians, here we go. If I speak in tongues, dude, everyone needs to hear this part. Listen, whole thing. If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but do not have, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith, y'all need to hear this part. If I have faith that can move mountains, but do not have, I am nothing. Nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have, I gain nothing. First passage of scripture, Jesus is saying that love is the identifying trait of our Christian identity. That love is the identifying trait of us being disciples of him. Paul is saying that that you are nothing without love. I think between both these verses, God is really saying, prioritize my presence by prioritizing my values. Prioritize my presence by prioritizing my values. It's easy to love your significant other, but it's not easy to love everybody. And I think we all know that, okay? It's called 2020. Check this out. Let's keep going in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. It says this, shout out to my man right here, Scott playing keys for the entire, can we make some noise to Scott? Scott's a trooper. Scott's my favorite. Okay. Continuing in chapter 13, it says, what, what is love you're asking? Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. He's talking to me right now. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects. It always trusts. It always hopes. It always perseveres. That's what love is. And I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be honest with y'all. Some of y'all hear that and you say, you, you figure out what love is, what scriptural love is, and you're like, but Chris, my parents just don't understand my generation. Or y'all like, but 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 Chris, but Chris, this is my chance to get back at that friend or that ex or that. Or you're like, but but Chris, my, my Facebook friend's perspective is just so twisted that I I can't. Or like, what about uh, Chris, 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 that church member just refuses to change their ways after so long. How can I love them? I'm going I'm to I'm I'm put it there. Yo, you're like, but Chris, I didn't agree with what pastor said last week on Sunday. I want to be real with y'all. Those excuses are cute, but all these excuses are void because if it's against God's values, then my excuse is invalid. If it's against God's values, my excuse, no matter what it is, is invalid because because prioritizing his presence in the way that I love people means that I'm willing to hold up God's values even when it hurts my pride. That means I'm going to hold off on that tweet. That means I'm going to watch what I say and watch how I say it. That means I'm going to hold the door to forgiveness wide open. Come on, somebody. That means I'm gonna love even when it's hard and difficult to love. Cause that's what Jesus told me to do. We wanna be, we wanna be looking like Jesus, but we don't wanna be loving like Jesus. And let me tell you, Jesus loved the people that killed him. Are we willing to die in the name of love 
for people. Come on, Transformation Church. I want to go ahead and keep it going. I don't got that much time. Water baptism. Shout out to the students who got baptized. Shout out, Transformation Youth. That's the next generation, baby. Let's go. Yo, I'm amped up. That gets me so excited because it's like, uh, my, I can't even. Let's keep going. I don't got time. Everything. So we talked about prioritizing God's presence in our daily lives. That means seeking Him first. Seeking God first. Waking up in the morning. First thing I do, I don't hit that coffee cup. I don't hit that phone. I hit that Bible. I hit that prayer closet. I, I'm seeking Him first. We're prioritizing Him in our love life. That means that I'm going to prioritize God's values and what He says and how I should act. And not based on my feelings and emotions, but based on what Scripture tells me that God made me to be. And next, and last, and finally, and, and, and most importantly, and if you haven't been listening, poke your neighbor with your elbow. Everybody do it to the left, to the right. Y'all wake up. This one's important. Prioritizing his presence in my lonely life. In my lonely life. My generation in here, we know it's like, but if you had it all, but nobody to call, maybe then you know me. Cause I've had everything, I can't sing, and no one's listening, and that's really lonely. That's how we're ending that verse right there. Listen, the devil targets you when you're in your loneliness. The enemy will try to target you when you're all alone. You know what's tough? We're going to save it. I want to read you. This is a healthy, this is a hearty steak of scripture right here. But we're going to have to eat this because, look, this is, this is important because we love reading God's word. Can I get an amen, Transformation Church? Check this. If, <laughs> wake up. Here we go. Matthew chapter 4, verses 1 through 11 says this, just to give you some context, which is perfect. God does this. I love it because I didn't realize it was baptism Sunday when God put this on my heart. So literally in this scripture, Jesus just got baptized. Holy Spirit just, just descended on him. And the Holy Spirit pushes Jesus out into the wilderness to fast for 40 days and 40 nights. Check this. It says, then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. That one, I could stay on that one for a minute. After fasting for 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. That's how I know Jesus is better than me because it would have been 40 minutes for me. I would have been like, Holy Spirit, on this trip, do we have packets of peanuts? Do we have a little snack? Check this. The, the tempter came to him and said, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. Notice this, the devil tries to keep bringing him higher and higher. Check this. If you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against the stone. Jesus answered him, it is also written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil, Jesus is 2-0 right now. He's winning. You know what I'm saying? He's, he's Tom Brady on the court. He's Tom Brady on the field. On the court. Stop. I, I love y'all. Love y'all. Pastor was up here really preaching on Mahomes the other week. You know what I'm saying? Don't want to be like that. Okay, let's keep it going. Look, y'all feel how y'all feel. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in their splendor. All this I will give to you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. Jesus said to him, 
away from me, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him and angels came and attended him. Listen, there's a couple things I see in this passage of scripture that they're very funny kind of parallels to. The first one is Jesus is alone in the wilderness. The devil tries to attack Jesus and tempt Jesus when he's alone. So why would we think that he wouldn't do the same to us in our loneliness? I'm a strong believer that true character comes out in your lonely places. True contents of your heart come out in lonely places. Check this out. Jesus responds to the devil's attack with scripture. This is important, guys, because you need to understand this response shows that Jesus prioritized the word before the battle and in the battle. He wasn't reading in the midst of the battle trying to figure out what scripture to flip to or what. No, Jesus prioritized the word before the battle and in the battle. Jesus was about it, about it before. Jesus is about it, about it now while he's getting attacked. And I want to let you know that we need to, when it comes to the enemy attacking us, be proactive rather than reactive. We need to be proactive rather than reactive. Another point would be that this is before Jesus really starts the ministry. Like, this is before he went out and started doing all these miracles and gathering disciples and, 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 and then dying on the cross for us. This is, this is really early in it. So Jesus really spent time prioritizing God's word, and I think we need to do the same. And that goes back to going ahead and seeking him first in a daily life. So that way when we seek him first in our daily lives and then walk out what we heard from him seeking him and hold those values strong in our love lives, then when we're in our lonely places, we are ready and confident in what God has given us to go ahead and overcome anything the enemy can throw at us because we're prepared and ready before the battle. This is super interesting to me that the attack of the enemy came at a time where Jesus was intensely prioritizing the Father. It happened after a 40-day fast. I mean, on top of that too, notice that the enemy attacked Jesus first where his flesh probably was the weakest. It says he was hungry. First thing devil does, hey, want some food? Make some food. Show Show me your God. Show me you're the Messiah. Make some food. You know, a lot of us went to 21 days of prayer and fasting and I've talked to a lot of us who, who went to it and, and y'all went to 21 days of prayer and fasting and now it's over and you're wondering, yo, why are all these spiritual attacks coming my way? Yo, why is this happening? Some of y'all in your 21 days of prayer and fasting said, you know what? The thing I'm dealing with that my flesh is the hungriest for right now is, is I have a lustful flesh. So in this 21 days of prayer and fasting, God, I'm shutting down the Tinder. God, I'm shutting down the Instagram. God, I'm shutting off my phone to those text messages I don't need be getting. I'm shutting, I'm looking away. I'm not on Netflix late at night. You know what I'm saying? Like a lot of y'all laid that lust down. And then immediately after 21 days of prayer and fasting is done, you get hit up by every single ex-girlfriend and boyfriend you ever had that were no trouble or no good for you. Every single Instagram ad is some half-naked person. Every single thing on TV is just another piece of temptation. It's because of the fact that you're walking dangerously with God. Jesus here was 40 days fast dangerous to the devil. You were just 21 days fast dangerous to the devil and now you're getting attacked. It's because we're living dangerously here, Transformation Church. We got to live bold. We got to live dangerously. Your lonely places are a vulnerable place. And true colors show in those lonely places. 
I've really never heard of a, a lot of cases, or if any at all, where somebody committed suicide in a crowded room. But it was where the deep, dark, depressing thoughts came in when they were alone, when nobody was with them. And they went deeper and darker and deeper and darker. See, in that solitary place, you're gonna hear two different voices. When you're alone, I wanna let you know, like the devil's talking, the enemy's talking all around the world. You'll get it from 30 different angles. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, Google Plus, if that's still a thing. You will get attacked in every which angle. But before you get in that lonely place, if you're not seeking first the kingdom of God and holding his values, it might be tough to hear God over the voice of the enemy in those lonely places. And that's when we get those things that are so sad that we can't take back. That's when we have those suicidal moments. That's when we have those lustful flesh moments. That's when we have those things that bring, that bring grief and bring sorrow and bring shame to our life. Because when we're in those lonely places, we happen to make them a dark place sometimes. But when we have the voice of God in our lives and we prioritize God's presence all the time, when you're in those lonely places, the light of God shines out through the darkness and you're able to hear the voice of God over the voice of the enemy. And when you do hear the voice of the enemy, you're prepared and ready with scripture. You're prepared and ready with prayer. You're prepared and ready, walking with God strong, ready to go ahead and take down whatever the enemy is trying to throw at you. But the first step to prioritization is building a foundation with Jesus Christ as the chief cornerstone. I love how we, that last song was about, uh, um, what it was about having a strong foundation. I can't remember the words right now, but it was good. And I was like, remember that Chris? And I didn't, so I'm sorry. That's what happens. I was talking about Disneyland and in and out and didn't write it down. But, but what does it mean that Jesus Christ is the chief cornerstone? The chief cornerstone, when you're doing tile on a floor, it's that first corner piece that you place. And that chief cornerstone goes ahead and determines the alignment of the entire floor. If your chief cornerstone is off, your whole floor is off. If your chief cornerstone is jaggedy, your floor is jaggedy. If your chief cornerstone is perfect, perfectly measured, perfectly fit, then the floor is going to be perfect, but everything aligns with that chief cornerstone. What happens, like I said before, Jesus is saying, seek me first and everything will be added on to you. Well, you can't add anything to something that doesn't have a foundation. So what Jesus is really saying is, make me your chief cornerstone, build a foundation on me and my name, and everything in your life will start to fall into line to what I have for you. And I will continue to add on to that as you press into me. I wanna take a moment right now for anybody who has not accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior and their chief cornerstone. Just to let you know, brief, quick history about who Jesus is. Jesus came down to this earth, all God, all man, form of a baby in swaddling clothes in a manger. He lived a perfect and sinless life. He he taught us a lot of really life-changing, world-changing, eternity-changing things. And he was wrongfully murdered to pay a price for our sin, for our wrong. He paid that price. He was nailed on that cross. He was buried in that grave, but three days later, the stone was rolled away. The body was gone. Jesus is alive and well. He has overcome death, hell, and the grave for you and for me. 
and I wanna encourage you. I don't know and I don't care what your foundation has been built on up to this moment. I wanna let you know, Jesus has this thing called the Holy Spirit that goes ahead and is a wrecking crew to everything you're gonna build yourself. He's gonna tear down that foundation. He's gonna build it on, with him being the chief cornerstone as long as you say, Jesus, be my chief cornerstone. Every head bowed and every eye closed in this room. Lord God, I thank you for today. I thank you for who you are. I thank you for what you've done. I thank you, God, that for a church that has the core value of prioritizing your presence. If you're here today and you, and you say, you know what, Chris, I'm done with my construction project. I'm done with my foundation I built myself, but I need Jesus in my life. I need hope in my life. I need alignment in my life. I need Jesus as my chief cornerstone. I wanna accept him as, as my Lord and Savior. I want to give you this opportunity right now on the count of three with every head bowed and every eye closed. Just simply raise your hand on the count of three. If that's you, you say, Jesus, Chris, I have not been following Jesus. I have not made him my cornerstone, but I want him to be my chief cornerstone. I want him in my life. If that's you on the count of three, just raise your hand. One, this is a big decision. Two, but this is the most important decision of the rest of your life because it means that you'll never be alone again. Three, if that's you and you say, Chris, I need Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Lift that hand, lift it high. No one's looking around. No one's looking around. It's just you and God. It's just you and God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, for your presence. Thank you, God, for your presence. If you just raise your hand right now, or if you're saying in your heart, Chris, I I'm ready to accept Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior, just pray along with me. There's no magic in the words, but it's, it's more of a posture of the heart. Just, just say with me, say, say, God, thank you for what you did. Jesus, thank you for the sacrifice. Jesus, thank you for loving me before I was even here. Jesus, I want you. Jesus, I need you. Come into my heart. Be the Lord and Savior of my life. Be my chief cornerstone. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Come on, Transformation Church. Give it up for what God's doing today.